This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, hello. Welcome to She Podcasts. The podcast, episode 376. I am Jessica Kupferman, and with me, as always, your lovely, sunshiny co host, Elsie Escobar. Yay! I just realized that even though Elsie is in a sunshiny, wonderfully bright yellow sweatshirt, it says unwell across the front. Yeah, this is my, this is my call her daddy swag. It's my favorite Mm. swag in the whole world. I love this sweatshirt, it's the best. I, to all of you that show up and watch us live, then I will probably be wearing this sweatshirt like almost every time that we record because it's my favorite. It is so, it's perfectly made. It's perfectly made. It's like got all the things that I didn't even know I needed that I absolutely love. Mind you, Alex Cooper from Caller Daddy has shut down these bit of swags because Her brand is also changing, so she doesn't really often lead with this anymore with the unwell message. So I know she's doing some revamping for her website. So I got this at 50% off, and I was like, I just need to get it because it's yellow, and I really love the yellow, Mm -hmm. and I am so glad that I got it, but now I'm so bummed that I can't get more. I should have, like, I'm like, I should have gotten all of them. I mean, you're assuming that a lot of people know what that's from. Like, if I saw you walking down the street and it said unwell, I may cross the street. And like not walk near you, which is the idea, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's so cool. She's got this thing too. Look at how cool this is. Call her daddy every Wednesday, established 2016. That's cool. Yeah. It's super That's kind of cool thing to have on the on the sleeve. I like that because we I were like established in 2014. 14. And it gives us some street cred, I think, that we're almost yeah, 10 yeah. years old. 2016 is still a baby show. It's still a baby show. Not really. She's, she know, you know, she's done to things. That's a anyway. long time. You're the last person I think that would be a call her daddy fan. And yet here we are. I am even more and more and more of a fan. Like every time I talk about her or I watch her latest thing, I'm like, good for Alexandra Cooper because she is stepping the game, man. She is doing the thing. Sorry. Sorry. I no, her. I'm happy that she's this successful without her partner who got greedy and bitchy. I, not even talking so. about that at all. I'm talking about the fact that she's grown up. She started at 27 years old and her content has grown with her because that was my biggest question. I was just like, or maybe not 27. She started when she was much younger, 20 something, 20, sorry, 23. She started when she was 23. And I thought like the show was fun and like what it was when it first started was one thing. And I thought, my gosh, who I became within 23 to 30 or 23 to 27, 28 yeah. was such a huge difference that if I started a podcast at that time, I wouldn't be that person. And so seeing her take her brand and really take responsibility for her power, take responsibility for the message she's putting out there, take responsibility for her own production value, all of that stuff. She's crafting something that I feel is really aspirational and also really 
really responsible, which I think a lot of people don't do. She mm-hmm. knows the power that she wields and she's using it appropriately and learning from it and optimizing it and being strategic about it and changing her content and making sure that she's not just because she started full on just talking about sex in a way that was shocking, like, mm-hmm. whoa. And now the way that she has parlayed almost 100% to mental health and mental wellness and sexual education, aiming at the young generation and the way that she's so spot on with it and the types of interviews she's doing. I'm like, you know, she's doing the thing, man. She's doing the thing. Speaking of innovation, it turns out that yesterday we were featured in an article called Podcast Innovators of the Year or something of that nature. Did you see? I think you did because I sent it to you. Yes, of course. And it was on the podcasthost.com. And it called out, it was written by Carrie Eric, who is our, well, one of the podcast editors and producers that we sort of go to for information and knowledge. She's the boss over at Just Podcasters. She's an incredible uh, expert in editing and production and a really staunch voice in the space that is somebody that I look up to in how she's crafted her stuff. So, and, and she's a long, she shows up at our live stuff all the time. And she likes to wear cat ears. And who doesn't love that? And sparkles. And sparkles. Yes. But anyway, so we were very honored to be mentioned in your article, especially with the other people that you featured. So thank you. And also thank you for staying a podcast innovators and not mentioning female, even though I believe everyone on the list was female, but she didn't say female innovators. It just said innovators. And I love that. So thank you. It's certainly not the most interesting thing about us. Let's talk about the most interesting thing about me right now. And that is that yesterday would have been the opening of She Podcast Live 2022. And instead, I was bringing my husband home from the hospital from having a gallbladder attack. So thank God for small favors. Although it's not really a small favor. It was was scary at first and terrifying. But he's going to be fine. Um, he did not have to have it removed. It was just a really bad, like, infection, I guess. And so they're going to, you know, they gave him a bunch of antibiotics and lots of love and care at the hospital. We we live near very nice hospitals. And so, yes, I drove him home from the hospital yesterday instead of opening our fall show. And all I could think was, thank God I wasn't in Washington or getting ready to go to Washington while he was having, like, because he was having fevers and, like, stomach pain for days. And you know what stopped him from going to the hospital? And I'm just only going to say this to you guys because it's a common thing and it's scary. And Elsie, it might even be something you would do. Hmm. Can you get, I don't, let's not guess. I'll just tell you. He didn't want to go to the hospital even though he was having fevers like, like 104 degrees because he was afraid he would get sick in the hospital. So he didn't want to go because he would come home sicker, like with COVID or SARS or C. diff or something else. And yet we waited so long that he almost got septic from going. He was so stubborn to go. So I guess what I'm saying is if you have a fever of over 102, nothing else there is going to make you sicker than what you already have, I think. And I think that was to me, but I told you about that when you were talking to me about it. There's a difference between you choosing, you know, because it it is a thing. People do go to the hospital and they They don't come back out. Well, that's true. Too. Just because something happens. But 
That said, when you had, from what you conveyed to me, he had three days of under, of, of a, uh, like his fever was not going down for three days straight. That to yep. me was like, okay, it's time to go. Cause yeah. it, once you have that kind of a fever, you definitely have an infection and mm-hmm. you just go to, like, you just got to step you it just up. Just go. Yeah. You go. You go because there's there's nothing else. So being immune compromised means you're afraid to go to the hospital because anybody that passes you in the ER or you know could give you something yep. that's worse than what you have. So, but I mean, like that's the second time now that he hasn't gone to the hospital when he was sick because he was afraid of getting sick. The first time was like years ago. I think I was pregnant with no Isaac was like three and he had pneumonia. I don't know if you remember that. He came home from like a business trip and then didn't get out of bed for like a month. Oh, my God. And I was like, you're not getting better. You have to go to the hospital. And thank God. I mean, his lungs were full of fluid. Anyway. Yes. This is gross. My husband is not a. No bueno. Not the the healthiest man I know, but definitely the sweetest. And he makes a mean cacciatore. What can he do? We're going to keep him. Um, Okay. So. Oh, John says it happened to me when I had an infection in my leg. I was in the hospital for four days and I wouldn't go. Yeah, because you get because it's scary to go. Yeah, we get it. We get it. So I'm, I'm not saying, but once you have the yeah, but well, I'm glad you're better said, and I'm glad he's better. And now we can talk about anyway. I just think it's weird that it was like the day of the event that I just just a weird coincidence. But anyway, it's not going to happen in June because that's how we roll. All right. Should we do news or should we do nonsense? Let's go ahead and do, you want to do nonsense? Okay, let's do nonsense. (laughs) I'm saying we don't have to, I mean, it's not necessarily nonsense, but it is something I would, okay, let's do news after the nonsense. (laughs) Nonsense being my questions. Okay, so I have been, over the course of a couple weeks, once again, trying to get back into Twitter. Mm -hmm. And there are certain things that are annoying me about Twitter that I cannot, I don't even know where to begin to like, Fix it, and here's one. Here's number one. Well, this is just going to be a complaint first. Okay. The threads. There seems to be a formula of thread, educational Twitter thread, that drives me crazy. It starts with bold and or um, controversial statement, Mm -hmm. and then it says, here's why, and then it sets you up for like a seven-tweet long Mm-hmm. explanation of your controversy mm-hmm. and or educational note. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's not what Twitter was for. I understand what the conversation on Twitter is about. And part of it is shit stirring. Like you're supposed to stir up shit on some level on Twitter. But I find the long tweet threads to be <sighs> pompous is the best word I think I can use to describe it. Do you agree with this statement or am I looking at it wrong or is that just statement of fact or do you have any? It's kind of like this. This is how I would, your statement there is kind of like saying podcasts have. Are talkative. (laughs) Are, have two, that are two dudes talking for hours, pontificating to be so annoying. Podcasts, like podcasting is that. Okay. And so you're like, wait, but there's also all of these other podcasts and there's this podcast. And then there are podcasts with two guys talking that are not like that. And then there's two women talking and then there's all kinds of other types of podcasts that have nothing to do with that. And so there are many people who are currently using that as a strategy in the same way that a lot of folks in podcasting, you know, were interviewing all the entrepreneurs 
right? That's like the, that was like the hip thing to do. Interview all the mm-hmm. entrepreneurs and everybody had an interview show. And then you kind of get over it and you're like, not everybody is an interview show, people. So that's what Twitter is in some way, shape or form. And so you can read some of those and then some of them are great. Some of them are not. And then you kind of dismiss if you don't like them, then you just kind of skip over them. Like what it does to my face. I know this doesn't when I read it. See, look at this. I think Jenny says something as someone who works in advocacy and education, Twitter is a great space for education, organizing and advocacy. So to the point that Jenny is bringing to the table, when some of those Twitter threads feel pompous to you, it's because a lot of these folks are generally using it as a strategy and are emulating people who are using threads in a way that is incredibly impactful because they are very powerful. They are in a wonderful way to do everything Jenny just mentioned, as well as educate people in a way that doesn't feel pompous, right? But as anything else, it's become a tactic and it's being taught. Exactly. And so when you start teaching people how to do something that they don't inherently know how to do, they will just duplicate the template and go that way, right? I've been using threads. I've been crafting. I don't find yours to be pompous. Well, thank you. I'll take that as a, as a compliment. I've been using them for those those Twitter threads for Libsyn as well. I've been doing Twitter threads to promote the feed episodes. They're working very well. Writing threads is like anything else. It's like writing a blog. It's like writing yes. a really powerful newsletter. That's my point, though. I don't want your blog in my Twitter feed. No, but I think that there's a place for that, though. I actually do appreciate threads because in my brain, I can very easily scroll through a Twitter thread faster than I would read a blog. It tricks actually, my that's mind. that's true. It's like a comic book version of a blog post because yes, it's, it's short bursts. Yes. And it tricks my actually, mind. Actually, that's a good point. It does. Into You're exactly reading right. them. There is a point where I'm like, okay, enough now. Because there's been some threads that are like 20 tweets long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, where you're just like, is it ever going to end? There are some that are incredibly helpful that I've saved for sure. And there are some that are super fun and lighthearted. There's some that are, there's some stuff in there that I have found to be incredibly powerful. The way that I see threads as a marketer, not as myself, like not necessarily as like, I'm the way that I would personally use thread. What did you say? Mm -hmm. I said Elsie the reader. Elsie the reader, or is that, or the way that I would teach somebody to use them tactically is that to me, when you're marketing using a thread, Not everyone's going to read the whole thread, Mm -hmm. but the key points that you want to drive home, you want those to be full tweets. Meaning if somebody shares that one tweet from the thread, it needs to convey the entirety of whatever that message is in that point. Like your highest, most important things to convey need to be within those tweets. So if somebody's going to resonate with that and then share that. I don't feel like threads need to be consumed as threads in order to be valuable. And not every tweet within a thread has the same power, like headlines, right? Opening paragraphs sometimes and closing paragraphs in blog posts are some of the most poignant. And usually those are the ones that are copy pasted or shared or are the most impactful as well as the header. So that's the same thing with a lot of Twitter threads within your crafting of them. There has to be one or two that on their own would be everything. Okay. Everything across. 
So that makes sense. Okay. The other thing is more semantics. Yeah. When I open Twitter, for whatever reason, I often see tweets that I've seen 800 times. And I don't understand why they don't, like, even if I scroll all the way to the top, the shit is still there. It's like, I can see that it was like 22 hours ago, two hours ago, three hours ago. Like, what happened to... There are two settings. If you go to the top right on your yeah, timeline... the little stars. The little okay. stars. It, if you tap on the little stars, it gives you uh-huh. see latest tweets instead, or they curate it for you as to giving you the things that are like algorithmically most important. The, so, so the, oh, I see. Okay. So right now under explore settings, it says show content in your current location, which I have on. And then I see under that is recommendations filters. And it looks like I can choose to have them in any language I choose, which is f- interesting. And then safety and then blocked accounts. So there must be another setting in here where I can shoot because I'm also seeing people that I don't know that I necessarily followed. And I don't mind seeing retweets, but when you go into there, you just have to pick see latest tweets instead of top tweets. Because right now what you're seeing are the top tweets. And the top tweets are ones that are obviously things that are being engaged with, something that Twitter believes is important to you. And then the other thing that they're doing, they're doing as of late is they can figure out from your bio, as well as the things that you like and engage with, Mm. they'll start to show you tweets within certain genres. Yeah. Categories. I think more like lists and categories. I'm seeing a lot of podcasting stuff, which is fine. And so when you see that, you'll they are actually tagged. And then if somebody that you don't you don't follow on it, it says see more, you know, under this, and it gives you the category underneath it, and it'll show you more categories on. It's usually podcasting and radio. That's like what people. I get podcasting and NFT because I follow oh a lot God. of NFT people. Yeah, so it. they'll pop it up, and then you'll be able to see them. And it's not even that I'm such a noob. It's just that I've been putting up with the setting for like a couple of years and not caring why. Like I go on there when – because I have it set where it will notify me if I'm mentioned. And then sometimes I go in there just to see what my notifications are and I end up getting caught up in conversation. So I've not really cared to make these changes, but I have cared more in the last week than I probably have in the last two years. And it's just been very frustrating. Yeah. That, you know, the last time I guess I truly cared about what my feed looked like in Twitter was like 2010, maybe. That's a long yeah. time ago. You get a chance to choose. Those are the two main things. I know that you, I, oh, also I'd like to mention that I did start a community on there with no settings or purpose whatsoever that Elsie and I are part of. So if you want to look up She Podcasts, the community, and be a part of it in case something happens in there, you're welcome to join. <laughs> Anyone's welcome to join. You don't have to be woman wanna- or woman identifying. We don't know why that community is there. Just just decided to start it. So now we have it. And hello, Alana. Nice to see you. Hello, um, Alana. Hey. hey. Hey, we're supposed to talk soon. What happened to that? I think we have a call. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't remember what happened. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, no. So the other thing that I've done to really curate my experience on Twitter and in mm. the way that I that I have it is that I have created lists for myself. So Mm. when I go inside of Twitter, I have them curated based on my own personal 
tastes or what the vibe is that I want to go in there to consume, right? What do I want to learn about right away? So I have like three main lists that I have in there that are outside of just going in and reading whatever somebody wrote. So I've got a politics list that is just of the people who I personally, like it's not all the politicians. It literally has like 20 people on there that I follow quickly to catch up on the latest politics stuff. Right. And I can Mm -hmm. go in there and look at that and that's it. Then I have an obsidian list, which is just because I love obsidian, which is one of my, my, you know, my app of choice. So I follow all the people that are talking about obsidian that are like the, the makers of that. And then I have a stationary list where it's all the pen people. It's all the people who are doing pens and talking about pens and like journaling and all that stuff. And so when You're I go such a in there nerd about pens, it's the best thing about you, I think. You and your and pen addiction. I love my pen stuff. It's not the best thing about you, but I do love it. I just switch through whatever it is that I want to know about when okay. whatever the vibe is, and I can generally consume the content fairly quickly when I'm in Twitter with that. Yeah. Do you have any yeah. tools that you use a desktop or or app wise? Or you just go straight Twitter. I know that the Twitter app is good, but like sometimes you have a a better one. I kind of keep it because there are some Twitter specific features that are only available on Twitter. I've been considering Mm -hmm. going back to some apps on my phone. Like it depends on on what I want to do to consume. I think if I was consuming Twitter without using it for any kind of business related anything, I would use mm-hmm. probably a third party app. Like I would use it on my phone and I would get a third party app, party app to consume it. Like I would use something like Tweetbot, which is on yeah, my like I've phone. I've had TweetDeck, but like it's um, never as good as Twitter. It has never, no tool has ever been as good as the actual Twitter app, which is like the only software where that is the case. Almost every other software, there's an app that's better than, I guess that's not true because Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook, like those are better than. I think that it depends on like I said, Jess, if you're consuming Twitter f- at, for oh, yeah. scheduling, I know is different for personal stuff. I do feel that like for the everyday person who really just wants to filter out their own conversations, I think having a third party app really works. But for mm-hmm. at least people like me who I, I have a lot invested on Twitter in Twitter marketing for yes. myself and for Lipson, then mm-hmm. Consuming in platform is possibly the most important. Got it. Uh, at this Thank point. you. Yeah. That's been really helpful. Okay. I think I'm done with my Twitter interview, but I just want to give Elsie a round of applause oh for being such a good sport today on my game show. Thank oh. you, Elsie. You win $100. On my game show. See Vanna on your way out. <laughs> and actually, you know, what's really challenging is the fact that I really love, it's where I am most of the time. So I am probably 90% on Twitter, 5% on Instagram and 5% on Facebook. Like that's how it's broken down. So you, you will find love me Instagram. I'm shocked by this. It's because I don't want to post for myself. And so I do have a Finsta. I have opened up a Finsta account and then I do go into my Finsta all the time, mm-hmm. but that's it. Elsie wins a year's supply of turtle wax. If only she knew what to do with it. What is That's turtle wax? <laughs> it's to it's to wax your car. Oh my god. There's no need. Elsie has no need for turtle wax. In fact, it would be a huge waste of turtle wax. Yes, it would be a huge waste of turtle wax. There are too many things taking a shit on that car for her to use turtle wax. 
Yeah. You only use turtle wax when you have something fancy that you want to keep pristine. And like shiny and stuff. Anyway. I think so, yeah. I don't even but, know if I've ever turned wax my own car. Okay. Um, so, yes, thank you so much for that. It was really helpful. I'm getting back into Twitter. You guys can follow me. I want to ch- – oh, the last thing I wanted to ask you. If we're taking too long on this, though, it's fine. No. We can move I on. Like, I'm all for talking about Twitter. You like changed – a while back, you went from Yogeek to the L.C. Escobar, and I've been wanting to change my handles on mm-hmm. on my socials for a while because – not that I'm suffering from being Jess Kupferman, but like it turns out that I can get like virtual Jess on most platforms. Okay. And I like the idea of having a virtual personality or a virtual side of me, but I'm scared to change my handle. Okay. Because so many people know me as at Jess Kupferman. So how do I, how can I successfully, how did you do that? Did you do that with any kind of like pain and sorrow or did you just do it into hell with whoever didn't know it? I just did it for myself. I think that the, I, I, you know, you, I, I would advise you though to be really thoughtful about that, Jess, because do you really want that? Do you really not want to be Jess Kufferman? No, I like being Jess Kufferman. I don't know. I think as I start to become more into NFT and the metaverse, I guess I feel like the more I branch out, like in other words, Denise Duffield Thomas used to be that, but then she changed to Denise DT, and it's just easier. I don't understand. Virtual Jess is easier than Jess Kupferman. It's just easier. There's no there's no anything behind it. You know what I mean? Knowing you, Jessica, you're going to change your mind. How can you say that? I've been Jess Kupferman for 12 years. I've never, ever changed my handle. No, that's what I'm saying. But you will. I can guarantee you. <laughs> Why? I can guarantee you're going to change your mind. I don't want to change it to anything else but that. And it's the first time I've ever even thought of it yeah i hear you but i have a feeling you're going to change your mind why I'm, you? I'm, listen in terms of doing it it doesn't matter because everybody that's following you is going to follow you they're not going to not follow you i mean yeah you they can't unfollow me right but they can't tag me if i change it though i'll have to send out like no a- they will be able to tag you but you're you're going to have to adjust you're going to have to tell people how to do it but i know what I know you, Jess, and like just because I, I know change project easier. management tools doesn't mean I want to change my handle or blow up my brand. I just want to make it more meta friendly, I guess. Meta friendly. I don't want to be in the metaverse, farting around with strangers and having them know my last name. I guess the more I go on like Reddit and Horizons and things that were like. I'm not saying I need to be anonymous, but I'm saying I don't necessarily need them. You know, I don't need TikTok, all of TikTok to know my last name either. So why would you want to change it on Twitter? I want to change it everywhere because I thought it's smarter to just be one thing everywhere. It is. But if you're worried about the metaverse, like I would just have a handle that was different in the metaverse. For I mean, me, I do. that's what I would do. I just imagine my business card being like this, 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 I'm this, and then this, 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 I'm this, and then this, I'm this. And it's just annoying. It's already annoying. You're getting caught up on the small little details like that. Welcome to my world. Thank you, Poppy. She says, good point, Jess. Like, I just, I want to be less, you know, findable, I guess, if I'm going to grow. And YouTube as well. Like, like if I'm going to make my, I mean, I'm not saying I'm making my own anything. I'm just saying... Either I can go full full hog on She Podcast, which is, of course, easy to find. And that can be the thing where I post all the things. 
Or I can just be virtual, you know, I don't want to be, I don't necessarily want to be she podcasts in the metaverse either because it represents a brand, but I don't want to, I don't want Kupferman out there either, I don't think. But you're right. I don't have to be, maybe I could just be that there. Kind of like having one password. I want to remember where I am everywhere so I can get in everywhere. Right. So see, that's solving a solution to your problem, not to the other problem. So here's how I would play that game for myself because I've thought about it as well. And Mm -hmm. in all honesty, like I'm keeping the Elsie Escobar is to me just going to be everywhere. But anytime that I'm going to do things for myself, I'm not even telling people what I'm doing with that because it's for me. I don't Mm -hmm. need anybody to know who I am. I don't need anybody to tack all that information into me. Like it's, it's a different thing. I don't want anybody to know. Like if I was at the in the metaverse and that was my thing, I would yeah. probably shift it all around and just be me in a different, not attached to the Elsie Escobar anymore. Because I agree with you. But what I've done is that I've removed my entire name out of the new handle that I'm using that has zero to do with anything that I'm already and that's doing. That's interesting because that's what you had in the first place was one that didn't have your name. Right. But everybody knew me as Yogeek. Like that was like, right. I'm not... You know, everybody knew that that was me. So are you changing it again? Or are you saying you're not? No, I'm saying everything is staying the same. I'm opening up separate accounts that have a totally separate handle that's just for me. That has zero to do with marketing, zero to do with strategy, zero to do with telling people about it, zero to do with me do following with people. Wait, just what are you be, do Just consume it? content and create things that I like and take pictures and share them without people knowing who I am. Why is that Why? so shocking? Because I want my privacy. I don't want people knowing all this. Like I'm doing it for me. Why it's post a, it if you want your privacy? Just Because I record? want this to be for me participating in different communities without, I feel like every oh, time I, I go in places, they're like, oh, it's Elsie's here. Like it's too much. <laughs> like I don't want that. I want to be. In the crowd, in the back of the room, nobody knows me. Like the way that I used to go take yoga classes in the back of the room, doing my thing, doing my yoga without having the the responsibility of like what ended up happening when I started to teach class is every time I would go take a class, people would be like, oh, Elsie's here. And they there was like a different feel like everybody was like paying attention to where I went. Oh, she's in the back of the room. And I'm like, I don't want you to pay attention to me. I just want to practice. I totally understand Andrea is like the metaverse talk is giving me anxiety. Yeah, like there's Listen, some of us who are probably not going to be I'm part gonna of I'm going to do, it. I think, a course on the metaverse for podcast, just, you know, for podcasters and just in general. And I'm not an expert, but I just kind of want to wade through the pond and take you guys with me a little bit right. so that you can see what that I'm doing because I don't want it to give you anxiety. I want to show you what I mean when I talk about the metaverse because right now – that has all different meanings. Yeah. I remember a time when we used to say, you know, we put our first podcast course together. The very first thing we covered is what is a podcast? Because we felt like people were using that term differently and right. we didn't like it. Like people would be like, download my podcast. And it was just like one piece of audio as a. Right, right. And then nobody would know what exactly that is. You're right. Because it's a lot of different things. Yeah. The same thing is sort of happening with Metaverse made even more confusing by the fact that Facebook has like named their umbrella company Meta, which is not helping because the Metaverse and Meta are different. And the Metaverse doesn't just belong to Facebook, although they'd like you to think that. True. I just would like to sort of 
invite you all, instead of being anxious about it, to just, if you're not going to buy a piece of equipment and fart around in there, watch me do some things in there so that you can see what I'm thinking of doing. I also have been like, Yes, Web3, exactly. It has a lot of meeting. It has a lot of meetings. For podcasters, it's just another destination for our shows. But it's not, though, because you can interact with people and offer them things. The other thing I'm doing is looking into um, how to use NFTs for podcasters, podcast community. Ooh, I'll have to write that down. Thank you. I don't know your name because I only see Brewing Media, but thank you so much for that. Um Alt space so VR. What, in fact, let me. What uh, Jess is mentioning is that it says, um, I attended a virtual conference in Alt Space VR and it was awesome. And that's a message that we're getting live for if anybody wants to show up when we're streaming live for those of you listening. Oh, I see. Alt Space <clears throat> VR is a platform for events. It's not called, that's not the name of the event. Oh, Jen Navarte. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, I, I'm not meant to give you guys anxiety. I also wanted to release like, a series of free NFTs just to teach people how to like have one, claim one, get one, open an account to own one um, for she podcasters. Um, so there's a couple platforms I'm looking at, but I just want to point you guys to uncut.fm because they are specifically creating a platform for podcasters. And there are some users on there that are being very, very creative about how to use NFTs. For example, just one example they gave me was having a meetup somewhere. So for example, they'd have a meetup at She Podcast Live, but it's in a secret place. And if you only, if you have the NFT, will you know where to go and what to do? So you download the NFT, it gives you instructions and you go. Or it can be like a commemorative NFT for like each year that we have the event. Or it could be like a membership card, or it can be trading cards, or it can be all kinds of fun stuff. Thank you, Melissa. Yes. So uncut.fm, if you want to take a look, Margie and I got a whole rundown as to what this is. And like, we learned so much that we were like drooling and stupid by the end of the meeting, because it was just so much information and knowledge. I don't even know if I can regurgitate it enough to make sense, but like, it makes sense to me. Yeah. The NFT can give you special access. It can also give you benefits For example, if you have the NFT, you can tell us what you'd like us to discuss on our show, or we can, or you can have ad space. If you buy the NFT, you can have ad space on our show for a little while. Anyway, it's interesting stuff. You know, there's a lot of creative ways to use it. I'd like to do a presentation about it in June, uh, but the uncut FM guys are, are not women or women identifying, but Anna Deshawn can do presentations about NFTs. We will have something hopefully about it there. In some way. I mean, Elsie, I don't know how desperate you wanted to talk about the stuff that's on our list today, but I don't want to hog it with my, as I said, nonsense. I would tell you if there's something very specific that I want to talk with you, but I am going to talk about something very specific now, which is just the fact that I got, I got something, Jess. I got this. What'd you get? I got it too. Wait. And wait, so wait. I got a coloring book, which for those of you who are here and watching And I started live, coloring in it. Wait, I have a coloring book and it is super awesome. Look at these wonderful pages. Uh, Nikita Burks Hale uh, got this done. This is my favorite one. Hold on one second. I have to show you how beautiful these are. They are so gorgeous. It wasn't a gift. I bought the thing. I bought the thing too. I bought the, I bought it as well. These are all past like, the, the mic. 
There's one and there's another one. There's so many of them. Hold on one second. This is my favorite. I'm not done with it yet. Let me see. Which one is it? Sorry, I don't. The haters. Headphones over haters. Headphones over haters. I love that too. It is so good. Oh, this one too. This is so mic check. Look at this. I love mic check. Mic check is awesome. So I have not colored in it because I think I'm going to do like some something special with these. But um, if you all want to get headphones and crayons, I would suggest for you to go ahead and buy this as soon as you can. This is possibly one of the best gifts that you can give a podcaster, especially a she podcaster, because I have a feeling our vibe is very much about this. So I'm going to put a link. I have an extra one, actually. I bought two. So if someone would like one, um, how about you, which how should I tweet me? You can tweet at Jess Kufferman and she will send it to you. I also have two, but I but I am not that generous and I'm keeping them both because I want them yes, both. Yes, Sandy, that's right. But we will put a link. So hold on one second. I think I have it oh, in the, the show notes already. Oh, the link to buy. We will. I'll find it. It's right here. Hold on one second. I want to put it in, in our live chat, but it is definitely going to be in our show notes. You can get them and they're right here. Nikita is an unbelievable. It's on Amazon. I found it. It's an unbelievable. It's from her website right there. I put it right below there so people can buy it from there. I'm glad because that's her podcast I found actually. Yeah. And so you can go ahead and check that out. Now, also, just as a th- another thing, I'm going to see if I can put this link in the show notes as well. I did not find this link before, but Nikita is also doing something really wonderful her vibe is just exactly how I teach. I mean, she like literally is a little clone of like my brain. So not to discount her brilliance on her own, but so she's doing this. um, She's doing a wonderful weekly. I'm not sure if it's weekly, but it's an ongoing gathering for podcasters to come together and color together and talk, color, talk. I love it. Just ground and do something analog and be together Mm -hmm. and speak through what things come up. Like she's been doing this color by numbers as well, where she'll put out prompts saying like, you know, everybody color number one and let's talk about, you know, what were the best things about the week or like think about what your week was like. And as you're coloring number one, what was the number one thing that you loved about the week or something like that. And she'll have these prompts and, and it's a wonderful way to just Reconnect with yourself in a way that Mm. I feel lots of us are. Like, that's why I love my pens so much. They are my support system. They're my therapy. And they're my stuff. Something analog, too. And yeah, and the analog and bot. Okay, good. Jenny got it. Yeah. Listen, it is beautifully done. I think that in terms of talking about innovation, as we started the episode, Nikita's doing some wonderful things. And this is the kind of thing that I'm really leaning more into within podcasting and beyond, which is sort of like, Jess, you know, like you were talking about, oh, you change your handle to blah, 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 you know, to the LC Escobar. And I changed from Yogi because, and and some of my e-leaguers are in the house. Jenny, you know, was part of the e-league when I went through this whole transition. And one of the things that we do in the e-league is we look at labels. We look at the labels that we call ourselves. We look at the labels of the the things that the world calls you. And then you may do a little inventory around what that looks like. And what I teach is the stuff that I do for myself. And there came a point when I was like, you know what? I'm done with being yogic. Like I don't, I no longer that person. But now 
I've sort of come full circle because it's coming back again. It's like tupping, going back to my roots, if you will, going back to that same vibe that I was having before, which is a lot more of a holistic understanding of who I am and how I want to be in the world. And so I'm kind of doing another circle around those that identity, which is why I was telling you, Jess, when you change a handle, I know that it's a small thing, an easy thing to do, but it's so tied to your identity and it's so tied to your ability to really be okay with it emotionally. And I know you're talking about letting go of Jess Kufferman and it's so hard, but every reason that you gave me was based on strategy and things that were easily I don't mean this in disrespectful way, but like kind of meaningless, like as in like, whatever, just change it. But it's the emotional tie to it and your ability to really own who you are. That is a deeper conversation. Like, are you, what did you say, Jess? Virtual Jess. Virtual Jess. Are you virtual Jess? Like, are you virtual Jess? Is that who you are? I mean, on there, I am. Well, and so- This is real Jess. That's virtual Jess. Right. But I think that that's, that's what I'm saying. I think that there's labels that we live into. Like people were calling me the yoga girl. You are yogi. Like I became yogi. And at one point I was, I filled into it. And yes, that was me. And then it became too constraining. Then it became too like, no, because that's not, that's not fully me. And my name has everything around it. And so you got to really think about what you're teaching the world to call you. And do we want to change the way the world calls us because somebody can't spell our name? I don't know. You know, I, I think that know. there's power in a name. Look, Lynn and Jenny says, and I just updated our podcast press kit using a label we developed in E-League. The word expert didn't resonate with me and we came up with Maven. So my new kit says I'm a reproductive health rights and justice Maven. And I think that that's, part of that's what you work on. Sometimes there are words that define you, but they're the only way those words will work is if you are fully invested in them. And just like Jenny was saying, like, if you Mm. can't, if you don't feel expert is you, even though you are an expert, you got to tell the world who you are. And when you change a handle, I feel you're telling the world, this is who I am. So you got to be ready to back that shit up. I mean, that's a, that's a good point. And I don't want to be someone different. I think I embody the Jess Kupferman. I can own that. I feel that. That's a vibe. Virtual Jess is just kind of like what you were saying. I'm trying to, there's certain areas where I'm trying to be more incognito. Right. And I can just use those for that and not tell anyone. Yeah. And and part of it to me, it's like I was really going incognito because there were all kinds of names that I was coming up with. And I'm like, oh, I've been this in the past. I've been this in the past. I'll just use those handles. And I realized if somebody bumps up into that handle, they will immediately know it was me because I've been online for so long that mm-hmm. you would know right away. So I had to really think outside the box uh, out of, but again, this is for me only. This is not for no, I know, but anybody else. And so I'm like, oh, I had to think of a name I had never used. And that was reflective of who I am too, right? Like a private kind of a thing for me that I knew what it was, but nobody else would immediately go like, oh my God, that's Elsie, right? And I'm sure people will find it in, at some point in time, but I'm, but at, at this point, it helps me be incognito and I love interacting with people and they don't know that it's, that it's me as in like the larger 
platform. And it's also people that I'm interacting with right now are not part of my current yeah. ecosystem. Like, you know, whatever that is that I built that now, like I'm not following, like I'm not following anybody I follow in my regular accounts. I still want to talk about this in a couple of different ways, but like th- there's something happening in the comments where they're talking about calling themselves an expert. And yeah. I actually don't mind the term expert. The word that I hate is coach. I am not a coach. Mm. I may be a cheerleader. I may be a consultant. I may be a wingman. I may be a side piece, whatever. But coach is not, (laughs) that's not the right term. But coach is not the right term for me because I think of sports. Mm. To me, a coach is sport. Even a life coach feels like sports to me. And I don't want to yell to get someone into shape. I don't want to yell at people to run. I feel like that goes with yelling. So like, I would rather be, Jenny um, is saying she uses the words maven. To me, maven is a Jewish word. A lot of people say maven to talk about a woman um, making matzo balls in the kitchen. So maven's not the right one for me. I know that's not what it means for the world, but as a Jewish woman, it has a different meaning for me. Like, oh, you're such a maven. And they look at you with your apron making matzo balls. Like, no, thank you. It's interesting to explore what words you want to be described Mm -hmm. as and which ones you don't. Side piece is probably not the right (laughs) term, but it just came out. (laughs) It just came out. But sometimes you have an account for one reason and then it ends up being different for a different reason. And then you can't use it for what it's for because it's not for that anymore. Right. Like my TikTok and my foxes, right? Like I was using it for my own thing. And then I had foxes and videos that went viral. And now I'm still getting comments and likes and followers because of that one video. And I don't know if I should just leave it up there and go to something different where I can talk about business and marketing and podcasting and all the fun things I find, or if I should just leave it there and just let it work itself out. Because I feel like my algorithm is going to be all fucked up if all of a sudden I'm just talking about Twitter on there after showing people the foxes that lived in my yard. Like it's so... You know, someone on here also was like, go with your gut. And like, my gut says, get a different account. You should do whatever you want for that. Because I think that like, I was just thinking about it from the perspective of, I also want to do some videos on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And the videos on YouTube, again, the videos on YouTube are not like, none of what I want to do on YouTube is a strategic move. Right. Okay. I don't. I want to create for the sake of creating again. That's okay. That is my biggest thing right now. I want to create for the sake of creating, which is why I started podcasting. Right. I want it because I want it for this for its own sake. And so I'm curious that no nobody really talks about that because everybody yeah. most people are in the position of being known for one thing and have it stifle your ability to create for yourself on your own. Right. They feel like they have to fit every creative like journey into a box. Because you're because also you're thinking ahead, like we do have a built in audience. So like, if I say create a bunch of NFTs about nail polish, Mm -hmm. where do I put that? Right? Do I put it as Jessica Kupferman, the podcasting person? Or I can't put it as she podcasts because that makes no sense. So it's like, who am I supposed to be when I'm creating the nonsense? Right? The thing that you want to be or do Play with? Yeah. And, and I think that that's one of the reasons why I fight the algorithms as a human so much because mm-hmm. I'm not allowing myself to not talk about the things because it's going to skew the algorithm. Like even when I'm on Twitter, yeah, I tend to talk a, a lot though. more about 
podcasting. I do tend to. Posted Poison Ivy. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just want to post things that I want and I'm not concerned about it because. There's no rule that says you can't do something creative just for you under Elsie Escobar. Like, why can't you just have that? That's what I'm going to do. But, and what I'm saying in terms of Twitter, um, excuse me, YouTube, is that the content that I want to make is not going to go with the YouTube guidelines of how to grow a channel, right? So I'm not going to, because if you think the algorithms everywhere else are skewed, in YouTube, it literally learns by how long your videos are, what you're talking about with each one, the content is very specific, that it learns what you're talking about. And what I want to put on there is all the things like, oh, look, I took a trip. Oh, look, here's a pen. Oh, look, I'm coloring. Oh, look, this is a really cool thing. Oh my gosh, let's take a, like, a thing of me cooking. Like, it has zero to do with having the right. channel. Don't be... you just want to do something and not be strategic? Yes. I just want to make videos. I just want to make fun things. Same. And I'm not sure. I actually have the same problem on both YouTube and like, I feel like most of the videos I could do, do fall under something that would go under She Podcast, even if it's personal, like where to find the best, like, like my new nail polish that I found, like witchy yeah, nail yeah. polish, like that can go in under She Podcast or it could go in under me. Um, If I wanted right. to make a whole, like, but tutorials, mostly the things I know would go under She Podcasts, I think, because, but then I do have some shopping shit that I've been doing lately. Um, and that doesn't really apply on She Podcasts, but I guess I could do it on my own channel, but I don't really have my own YouTube channel. I could do it on TikTok, but again, there are a bunch of animals. It's 12,000 animal lovers. Yeah, but who cares about that? But anyway, but I like what, hear what. Yeah, Jen Navarte, yeah. She says, I've become known as someone who experiments and builds in public, and I'm all about throwing spaghetti against the wall. If the experiment fails, it isn't me who failed. It was the experiment that failed. And that is true. And I think part of what I want, though, is less about the experiment. I mean, it is about experimenting with some things, but it's also just creating for the sake of creating. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. with the journaling that I've been doing, like, I finally found a way that I like to journal that is totally mine. And yeah. that it makes me happy. But like if somebody came out like, so you're using a planner? Yes, I am. So how do you get things done? Well, um, I don't. I just write things in it. I don't get things done. I don't ah! get things. No, I mean, you know, I have other <laughs> tools that get those things done. Do you use all these different things too? Yeah. I actually have a notebook where I have like a, I write down my to-do list every day. Why don't you, you just, because it makes me happy. Like there's like all of these reasons that are literally for me. And just the other day, one of my favorite podcasters, uh, the pen addict who I listen to all the time, he posted a picture on his, on his stream, on his Instagram, where it said he, he wrote something about emotionally, uh, emotional support, uh, stationary. And then I realized, (laughs) you know, that's what it is because a lot of the time (sighs) I, carry my pens and papers and notebooks around with me in the rooms that I go just to have them near me. Yeah. And they make me happy. And I touch them and I take them out. And I often just at night, what I do is I flip through my Hobonichi planner. Like I just flip through it. I'm like, oh, and it makes me so happy. Does it have a tactical approach, a strategy? No, it just makes me super happy. And that's what I want YouTube to be. I want to be like, I want to try and make this fun video about this just for its own sake. I don't know if this is relevant, but this is something that my therapist said to me lately. And I just want to pass it along as sort of an ending thought on this. 
I was talking about how I didn't have time for hobbies or I felt like if I was doing a hobby that I wasn't being productive. And she was like, no, you should definitely make time for hobbies. And I was like, but instantly I'm trying to monetize it in my head. Right. And then I get frustrated because I'm not learning it fast enough for it to be a business. And she was like, you don't have to be good at your hobbies. And I was like, well, that doesn't seem right. That doesn't make sense. And she was like, no, you don't. Not only do you not have to be good at the things that you're working on, you have my permission to be totally shitty at it. And I was like, well, that's definitely not right. That doesn't make sense to me at all. Like as far as everything I do, I'm just like, I have to be a master at this so it can be my next business. Like I never think like I can just color and be totally shitty at it. Right. Like you can just make something in clay, sew your own clothes, roller skate, and you can be the absolute stink at all of those things. And it's perfectly fine. Have you ever even heard of such a thing, Elsie? That's my favorite thing ever. I'm so bad at that. I say like, it's my favorite. It's why I do what I do. And it's why there's a part of me that doesn't want to share. That's why I'm sort of incognito about my loves because Mm -hmm. I want to do it for myself. And just because I enjoy it. Seriously, happiness is the goal, right? If you're happy, then you've succeeded. And so that's what to me, it's so special. I can talk about it all day long, but I don't want to become an expert. Like I have, I've wanted to create a podcast about my pen stuff and I, I'm still considering it, but literally just to talk about like its own, literally the talking would be its own end. Like, I don't want to market it. I don't want to talk. Like, I just want to share, like, I got this episode out. This is so fun. And I talked about what my latest pen acquisitions or whatever, and have that just be it. Like, I don't have have a new famous podcast. Like that's not right. my goal at all. Makes sense to me completely. But but you just said that you can't get it. So I I think that there's some joy I just in just doing it like for its own sake and that's the end. That's the thing that brings you that happiness. It's just Fair the enough. thing. You're right. Having cute things is to, and feely things and things that make take me out of my head and make me so happy. So Anyway, podcast for yourself. That's the tweet. Podcast for yourself, mm. y'all. That's it. That's the tweet. That's, that's the way an we're going to do it. Thought. Yeah. Um, and that could be our title. That could be our title yes, for this episode. A podcast for myself. That could be our title. I like that. That's not bad. Okay. Thank you. Um, hobby sounds weird. I have to resist trying to make everything a business. Me too. Yeah. In fact, even though I, I'm like sitting here thinking, what can I do that I can be shitty at? I'm still wondering how to make it a business. I, I like, and it's so funny because that's the last thing in my head. Like, I'm like. No, because the minute, because I have the opposite effect, I have like the total anti that, like Mm -hmm. I have like the whole anti-capitalistic thing where it's like, why do we have to be spending? Like, why do I have to start asking people for money for this? Why can't I give my stuff away? Why can't I just create for the sake of creating? Why do I have to think about how this is going to be this way? Why do I have to think about this being my IP? I just want to talk or I just want to create write or color or I just want to do that. I still want to create t-shirts. I still want my own t-shirt store, but now I'm thinking like, well, if I'm going to do that, I might as well do it for sheet podcast and then it has to be podcasting really. Yeah, I and just then I start like, putting all these like parameters around it. Yeah. Like it can't just be like a goat. It has to be like, it has to be a podcasting related thing. And then my creativity gets stifled a little. And then I'm just like, well, I have other things to do. Yeah, no, it's it sucks when you start to think about like, I don't want to have like a website for it. Like the minute that that starts to suck my joy out of it. Anyway, I think it's time for us to stop now. 
Thank you guys so much for listening today to She Podcast. It was more technical than normal, but I think it was still fun. Um, you can find us on all the things at She Podcast, Pinterest, and now TikTok and Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and YouTube as well. You can also find all of our show notes and links that we've talked about today at ShePodcast.com. Consider signing up for our membership, membership.ShePodcast.com. If you want a little posse to go through your podcast process with you, that was all peas. Posse for your podcast process. <laughs> and thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for everyone who participated in the live conversation, which we normally record Mondays at 1 p.m. on our LinkedIn, our YouTube, and our Facebook page. And don't forget, you have permission to be shitty at whatever it is you're doing today. Thank you so much. Love you. Mean it. Bye. <laughs>